0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bajaj Auto's conference call to discuss the first quarter of fiscal year 2022 financial results. We have with us today, Mr. Rakesh Sharma, Executive Director, Mr. Mr. Sameen Rai, Chief Financial Officer, Mr. Sanjeev Karp, Vice President, Finance, and Mr. Anand Nevar, Divisional Manager, Investor Relations. My name is Aisha, and I will be your coordinator. At this time, the participants are in the listen-only mode. We will wait for a minute till the questions you assemble and we'll start with the opening remarks from the management.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Rakesh Sharma here. Thank you very much for joining the call. Unexpectedly, Q1 turned out to be a tumultuous quarter, which was um, not really expected when we were doing some forward-looking in Jan, Feb, and even early March. Uh, But thankfully, the pandemic peaked and started to recede, though it still remains a concern. Most of the country is now open, with some restrictions on operating hours, as you know. But since offices, educational institutes, and public places remain only partially open, traffic is low, and the restoration of Uh, normal retails is therefore higher in motorcycles and lower in three-wheelers. We are hoping this improvement trend will continue, particularly as the vaccination program advances. Even even through the peak uh, pandemic, which is very intense and swept the country, uh, particularly the North, supply chain demonstrated remarkable resilience uh, based on the lessons uh, from the first wave. And coordination with local authorities uh, was also much better. Everyone has got now a playbook, and this has allowed for continuity of operations while observing safety protocols. Hence, the supply side is generally ready to service higher demand levels. Some issues persist, like container shortages and poor visibility of um, semiconductor supplies. Internationally, Most countries which we operate in, in Africa, Latin and Middle East, have returned to near normalcy, but the situation in ASEAN and uh, South Asia, Nepal and Sri Lanka, uh, a little bit in Bangladesh, is still difficult. As you know, Philippines uh, in ASEAN, Cambodia, these are big markets for us, um, and they still remain uh, closed. I hope you have had some time to study our Q1 results. I'll divide my opening comments into two parts. First is the highlights of Q1. It's difficult to compare this quarter with either the previous year or the previous quarter. So I'll stay with just pointing out performance highlights compared to our strategic approach. And the second part is the near-term outlook. As you know, we've been driving the business on two fronts, uh, ensuring that we have the agility to recover Uh, in key segments and overseas markets as uh, the markets return to normalcy and second is to uh, grow share and uh, margin um, by driving upgrading or premiumization within segments and across segments both in domestic and international so uh, coming to the highlights uh, of Q1 um, uh, first The domestic uh, motorcycles business unit. Here, I would like to point out that our share in 125 cc plus segment, or the top half, almost top half, which is 45 percent of the demand pyramid, increased from 22 percent to 25 percent in Q1. A clear number two position uh, in this very very important um, segment. Now, this segment, the 125 cc plus segment accounts for almost 60% of our sales, while in the industry it only accounts for 45%. Now this growth has been driven by Pulsar 125, where we have launched yet another variant in um, May, which is the Pulsar 125 NS, the most stylish, powerful, and the most expensive 125 CC in the market. It has met with a good reception, and along with the other 125 cousins, it has driven our 125cc market share to an all-time high of 28%. Uh, it has 125 NS has also contributed significantly in lifting the EBITDA margins in that class. In the half of the demand pyramid, which is the 55% of the industry, we continue to upgrade the customer uh, through different uh, ways, always conscious that the customer here is more price sensitive. So, uh, from KS, uh, which is k- Kickstart to Electric Start, from 100 cc to 110 cc, from drum braking systems to disc braking systems, offering the customer uh, uh, very accessible and small step uh, upgrade upgrade opportunities. Here too, we launched uh, new models, the CT 110 X with a very bold style, met with a good reception and Platina electric start which is making electric start accessible to a uh, large number of entry-level commuters both these have contributed in driving our uh, growth and share at the bottom half of the pyramid at an overall level market share in domestic business uh, increased by 1.5 percentage points uh, and uh, i would say that the quality of market share because of the share of the differentiated products i would say the quality market share has also improved and both are in line with our strategy in the domestic cv business uh, the three wheelers uh, return to normalcy which had commenced from october last year and steadily you know we were adding 1000 units per month uh, to the sales. was interrupted in april and may because of the severity of the survey However, the retail outcome of June uh, is heartening. It is much lower than our previous uh, FY20 benchmarks, but it was much better than uh, expected by us even in June. And we hope the trend will continue um, into quarter three and we'll see a slightly faster recovery than we have experienced before uh, in last year. However, you know, even though the volumes were lower, but there's an outstanding achievement here secured by the business unit and that is that not only are we an industry leader by a big margin and we have always been uh, leaders but the margin the competitive ratio is now uh, quite strong now we have achieved leadership in every single segment you know the small passenger the big passenger cargo diesel petrol CNG whichever way you cut the three wheeler market Bajaj Auto is a clear market leader. Now this puts us in a very good competitive position to take a disproportionate share of the recovery as it unfolds. On the exports business, the exports is now continuously breaching the 200,000 per month level mark and it continues to perform robustly despite you know drop-in sales in ASEAN, where Philippines it's a very big market for us, we have the number one position. In uh, Philippines, Um, Cambodia, which is a huge three-wheeler market for us, Uh, Uganda, which is a we've got a 90% share over there. It's a big market for us in uh, Eastern uh, Africa. These are high-volume markets, but they suffered uh, uh, a lockdowns and uh, a huge drop in retail. But despite that, exports has come in with a 200,000. Uh, plus uh, levels. Quarter one was our second highest quarter ever um, uh, (coughs) uh, in our history of exports. Our global market share is therefore estimated to have increased sequentially by two percentage point in motorcycles and by six percentage points in three wheelers. Year two, the share of premium motorcycles which is Pulsar and Dominar brands moved up from 19% in Q4 to 21% in Q1, with the Torbena 250 making its appearance in many uh, high-end markets like Turkey, Argentina, um, uh, Colombia, etc., and Mexico, and getting a very, very good uh, uh, reception. We now get uh, over 85% of our revenues from markets where we are number one or number two. This is an important metric, as I've been pointing out, we monitor it continuously as it indicates pricing power and our ability to manage competitive threats. Indeed, it is because of this position that our pricing action to recover costs has been ahead of all the other Indian and Chinese competitors, Uh, quite ahead of. uh, So the recovery of costs has been uh, pretty good uh, in uh, these markets. Our exports to KTM continue to grow at a significant pace, 48 percent sequentially powered by (coughs) demand in the developed markets of north america europe and australia some other highlights uh, we faced strong headwinds of cost increases which was known uh, about 3.7 percent of this we could only recover about 1.5 percent keeping um, demand sensitivities in mind the backdrop Is really of economic hardship and a fragile recovery. So, the uh, price, uh, the uh, cost increase recovery needs to be calibrated uh, with this in mind. And of course, we have to keep close watch on competition. But we believe our price increases, both in India and overseas, were ahead of competition. Margins were further hurt by the loss of operating leverage. Uh, due to lower volumes by about 1.6 percentage points. This was a little bit of a surprise because when we were entering uh, quarter one, we did not realize that the second wave would be so severe, particularly in the north, which was experienced, which generally has a mini season because of marriages. And that cost us about 1.6 percentage points uh, of EBITDA. However, uh, slightly better forex realization and better product mix mitigated these losses by about 1.5, uh, 1.3%. And this explains the difference between Q4 and Q1 EBITDA of 2.5%. Other highlights was Cheesha's bookings that opened in Pune and Bangalore. However, we had to close them in 48 hours, as there was a very strong response, and we felt we may not be able to satisfy the complete demand. Supply chain visibility on some of the imported uh, components has improved. Uh, but still, we are not getting uh, longer-term uh, import certainty, though we see a strike rate of up to 1,000 units per month. Hence, further expansion is being planned, but cautiously planned. We have announced entry into four mid-tier towns, Nagpur, aurangabad Mysore, and Mangalore. Now, uh, coming to the near-term outlook in domestic mo- motorcycles, With uh, near-normalcy approaching in most geographies, we expect better details compared to last year and last quarter. However, this may not translate entirely into billing because as compared to the same time last year, stock levels are higher this year. Last year, stock levels in the channel were lower due to the transition from BS4 to BS6, And uh, when the pent-up demand released itself in Q2, uh, billing was not only servicing the higher demand, but was filling up the stocks uh, in the channel. So billing was higher than retail. This quarter, uh, this year in quarter two, uh, we expect billing to trail uh, retail. Uh, Hence, we expect a flattish Q2 compared to last year. For us, performance will continue to be driven by the 125cc portfolio, as well as some of the new mo- newer models uh, in the commuter segment, uh, which where we are offering little upgrades. We have repriced the Dominar 250 as a strategic investment uh, to expand the quarter-liter class, and we will be introducing at least three new models in the sports segment, as well as the commuter segment, which hopefully will uh, inspire the customer to upgrade, which is in line with our strategy of taking the 100 uh, kickstart customer to electric start, the drum customer to disc brake systems, the 100 cc customer to the 110 cc, the 110 cc customer to 125 cc, the 150 cc customer to 250 cc. We thought that it was important to make uh, uh, the 250 cc though its volume play is small, but. It's our investment to expand uh, the uh, sub-segment. Domestic three-wheelers, we expect a steady improvement. Uh, We should be in the tens of thousands, uh, uh, and Q2 should be substantially better than Q1, and also Q2 last year. We uh, anticipate the need for some close listening with financiers to ensure that the recovery is supported by the availability of retail finance, and this is a critical success factor in ensuring that there is um, a recovery in this segment. Internationally, we will continue our momentum and expect to hold the current performance level steady. If the COVID situation improves in ASEAN and the few other countries which I pointed out, then this would be a bonus. But it may occur, you know, even if it improves in August, by the time we see shipments, it may occur in September or October. On the cost front, there continues to be material-led cost increase of over 3% points. New pricing announced in early July, both in domestic and overseas markets, recovers about two-thirds of this increase, but there is still some work to do. We will evaluate the further scope uh, as the quarter progresses and we understand how demand is rolling in. However, a better operating leverage, we certainly expect Q2 to be better than Q1. Continued currency support and an improving product mix is expected to mitigate the cost increase situation which gets left over from uh, the price increases which we have taken. With this, we can now open the floor to Q&As. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question you press star and one on your touchstone telephone. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and two. Participants are requested to use handsets while asking a question. Ladies and gentlemen, we will wait for a moment for the question queue is ended. The first question is from the line of Yogesh Agarwal from HSBC. Please go ahead.
2: Hi. uh, Hi, thanks. So hope you guys are doing well. Uh, uh, Just have, Rakesh, a couple of questions. uh, Actually, on your second press release on EV, uh, the spend on mobility, Uh, while it's heartening to see uh, uh, spend going up there, in absolute terms, it's still uh, quite small. So, firstly, can you talk about the plans there this investment is for R&D or is it for manufacturing? Is it to develop the uh, supplier base? That was one. And secondly, uh, you talked about Chetak. Uh, Is Chetak eligible for same benefits now? Because uh, it was a bit surprising that most of the other EVs are eligible and Chetak wasn't earlier. So what's the update there? Thanks. So, uh, this is about the new EV company. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so uh, I do not entirely grasp uh, your question, but I think you're asking about uh, the uh, announcement regarding the formation of the 100% subsidiary uh, for EV. I think at this stage, you should read it as a a strong signal by the uh, company um, uh, in this announcement of uh, showing that we have continued, we are a successful company in two-wheeler and three-wheeler mobility. We want to continue to be so, irrespective of whether it is ICE or whether it is TV. We recognize there is a need for uh, agility, there is a need to hire uh, better talent, deploy it in a uh, different manner, and to be uh, to be possessed of a single-minded focus. Which sometimes, as a division in a large company. Uh, can get uh, diffused. Uh, We want to therefore create the corporate space uh, to pursue uh, aggressively our uh, ambitions in EV. The exact playbook uh, is being worked out, uh, but uh, it will have substantive operations. I mean, all the operations relating to uh, EV uh, will be part of this uh, uh, company. And as and when the uh, playbook is... Clearer, and we have baked the whole story. Uh, we will be happy to uh, share it. Now, when it comes to uh, Chetak, uh, we uh, uh, Chetak's uh, application for fame is uh, certainly been uh, is with the uh, appropriate authorities, and we expect uh, that to be cleared uh, anytime now. The reason for Chetak not having the fame benefit till now. Was because we preferred to be with a certain uh, localization configuration, which um, uh, while it took more time, but it allowed us to move to that configuration in one step instead of trying to do two, three steps. And we just felt that from an operating uh, point of view, it would be uh, smoother. And uh, therefore, we did not have, we did not go in for the same benefit. However we uh, decided consciously to um, not let the customer suffer in this and the company sort of stepped in uh, and uh, provided uh, and filled that gap, which obviously when we start getting the same benefit, we will withdraw and the fame benefit will go directly uh, to the customer.
3: So it's very much uh, on the cards now. And just to add to what Rakesh said, Showman here, Yogesh, uh, we have started that company with an authorized share capital of 100 crore and a paid-up share capital of 5 crore because you need some money to do the formalities. How much will be the investment? What we will do? That we will share as and when, as Rakesh says, the playbook matures and we we we, we decide what all to do and what to do. And it is in a situation to be communicated to you. But suffice to say, we really did not open a company. To invest five flows and run the electric vehicle business. So, on this case, just w- let's wait and watch. We'll come back to you when we're in a situation to share more details. Very well. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Vinay Singh from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead.
4: Uh, thank team, for the opportunity. Uh, just a follow-up from the comments that uh, Somin made, Uh, by when do we expect um, uh, more details on that? Uh, Because when we look at competition, they've announced uh, tie-ups or they've already announced their Capex targets. By when do we expect Bajaj to make these announcements?
3: So, uh, I I really do not know me just telling you a number of either 200 crores or 2,000 crores. How does it make a difference? Because unlike some of the other people, we don't need to raise money. We are sitting on 15,000 crores of cash. So setting up a factory, we don't need to go to people to ask for either debt or equity. So as I said, we are preparing plans. We will decide how things happen and we'll inform. What, I, I don't want you to miss out the fact that an organization which did not have any domestic subsidiary has chosen to focus on EV and start a 100% domestic subsidiary. That is the first step. So let's let's wait and watch the space. We'll certainly understand the interest. And obviously a company of our size and stature has not just gone in with its eyes closed, uh, just generally to see what happens. Wait and watch. There is a reason why we are not sharing so much. We'll share as and when things cook up, they they, they are cooked well and they're mature, which is worth sharing.
4: Right, right. No, no the reason we ask is that... Uh, CAPEX tends to lead uh, product development, which tends to lead model launches. So just uh, hoping that the company is uh, aggressive enough on this segment. Uh, so uh, I mean,
1: is, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah. Comment, you know, you that, yeah Bine, that kind of uh, um, effort is already underway. And, you know, we have a huge uh, R&D uh, apparatus and we are collaborating with KTM. We are collaborating with vendors. We are studying the market in micro <coughs> mobility segment. With uh, we have made a investment in yulu and we are looking at their vehicles. We are looking at high performance electric motorcycles and everything in the middle. And there is a substantive R&D effort already underway. See, we feel that you know this whole manufacturing investments which in the past people have been talking about and which has been stoking some kind of an excitement uh, frankly speaking passes us by because we don't get very excited about it because we set up these plants very very simply and easily you know we announced some 600 700 crore investment just for a for a ktm triumph and other uh, high-end bikes of bajaj a little while ago so uh, it's not a very, very big issue uh, in our minds. that we have the resources. We have the engineering capabilities. We don't think that it is something which is, you know, uh, important to stand up and really start talking about. But yeah, I agree with you that what is more important is what will be the product portfolio, how we will engage with that customer. And uh, on that, we are uh, writing the uh, script. And uh, when we can share, we will definitely share our plans. But right now, suffice it to say that uh, there is a huge amount of focus uh, internally in this area, and we are uh, we are getting into a position so that we can
3: move very nimbly uh, here. Uh, just to add to what Rakesh mentioned, <laughs> really, uh, you know, what is not visible because you know we are a thirty thousand crore company. So, you know, whatever 300, 400, 500 crores we spend on R&D is not visible. Because R&D is a lot of manpower cost, people cost. We have a 14, 1500 headcount R&D. So a lot of, so when people say I am putting capex on R&D, some of these expenditures are revenue expenditure for us. It is already baked into my PNL. it dis- doesn't become so obviously visible. So essentially what we need to spend is on putting up a factory. On R&D, we do not need to spend like, I don't know, 50 or 100 million dollars.
4: Right, right. No, I I take the point. It's very encouraging to uh, hear all this. uh, uh, As you are aware, there's a lot of investor discussion on this that, you know, like uh, similar to the gasoline segment, which uh, later on became very competitive and became very difficult for companies to enter and establish themselves. In fact, Rajiv Bajaj often talked about that Me Too strategy doesn't work. So the only fear is that, you know, if some company is very late in launching a vehicle, then that segment will also get a little commoditized. So it may be difficult for latecomers to establish themselves. But but nonetheless, we'll watch for uh, updates from your side. Um, My second question is on the gross margin side. How do we see gross margins moving from here on? Because uh, uh, it's most likely that the domestic share will increase in the overall mix, uh, exports will go down. Uh, and in that sense, uh, where do we see, but at the same time, you will have three wheelers rising. How does the management look at gross margins moving from here on?
3: So I'll give you two answers, Vinay. I think, and this is a question which would be there in the minds of a lot of people, so I'll take a couple of minutes. So there are some headwinds and some tailwinds. I'll first tell you them, and then then I will say, what do I see as a net of that? The first tailwind that we will have is hopefully this quarter, the operating leverage will come back. I will not be a seven thousand crore per quarter company. I will become a nine thousand crore per quarter company. So clearly that leverage comes up, which improves my uh, EBITDA, not gross margin. On gross margin, we have, as I mentioned, as we have mentioned in the press release. We have an under-recovery between cost and profits. Uh, In Q2 also we will have an under-recovery. So the cumulative under-recovery will increase uh, from Q1 to Q2. Having said that, the only good thing that can happen is if there is some forex, if the rupee depreciates further, we will get some more money. Uh, the mix will tend to get adverse, you're absolutely right, but as Rakesh mentioned in his opening remark, let's wait and watch how much, because as of now, the pent-up demand coming back has not been as fast as it was last year, so let us wait and watch how the mix plays out, uh, but directionally, will the margins possibly be a little softer, if, I really do not know, but it has to bet between better. Or softer, I would possibly bet around being softer.
5: Great, uh, great. Uh, uh,
4: thanks a lot, Swamin. That's very helpful. I'll come back in the queue.
3: And, and I mean, just to end the conversation, uh, just then the question would be will the industry now come down to this 15% range of emitter? The answer is no. Because clearly, at these levels of steel prices, the near term steel demand will. Uh, will not get impacted, but the longer-term steel demand will get impacted. For example, there have been articles around that builders are taking up prices of their flats by 10% for new bookings. So water will find its own level, and steel prices will unwind. But for the temporary period, yes, we have a problem. Certainly in in industries where steel and such metals are a large part of the product. Thank you. We'll move to the next question. Right.
4: Right. Thanks, Amin.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of couple things from Namura. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi
6: sir. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, and uh, Rakesh sir, thanks for the opening comments. They answered a uh, lot of the questions. Uh, one, uh, on EVs, I just wanted to uh, understand from you what is your uh, thinking on how uh, you know in electrification will evolve in uh, uh, you know. Uh, scooters, motorcycles, and also three-wheelers. You know how fast do you think it's going to be? Do you think that the recent uh, government actions uh, in terms of subsidies, which are coming through, uh, could could accelerate the shift towards EVs in all all these segments?
7: Yeah.
1: So uh, directionally, I think uh, it's very clear that the industry is headed towards more and more. Of electrification but you know uh, uh, the heat and dust which is being uh, churned up uh, over here the transition will not occur the transition will not occur uh, suddenly or uh, immediately Uh, India is a complex country India is a large country with a lot of diversity even if you take developed countries for the four-wheeler category, whether it is the U.S., it's a Europe, Australia, or Japan, you you have to just see the progression or the penetration of EV. Yes, of course, directionally we, the world is headed that way, but it is going to be a gradual transition. Therefore, you know uh, uh, somebody commented on first mover advantage. I don't think uh, you know the jury is out still whether there is a first mover advantage or a disadvantage because the consumer is going to evolve, the technology is going to evolve. Uh, and uh, you have to harness all that so i believe that if i take a consensus of consensus it's about three to five years where we will start to see emis becoming a significant uh, portion of the uh, two-wheeler three-wheeler space a lot of it rests the government has shown its hand by backing it up Uh, but Uh, still the acquisition cost there is a gap between a substantial gap still between um, you know the ICE scooter and the uh, uh, electric uh, vehicle uh, scooter now uh, government is plugging up part of it but still there is a substantial gap uh, some people will have the ability to this gap further by using uh, uh, private equity money and all that. That's fine; it will help towards evangelizing uh, the category, but it will take time for it to resolve because there is a second issue in my mind. But nevertheless, it is there. It is about the range anxiety and the and the uh, you know the anxiety of take, adopting a new uh, category. One point which I want to emphasize which has been a very very important point in our uh, structuring of our planning is that you know you don't want to give a bad experience uh, to a customer who's standing in the front of the queue uh, to convert from ice to electric he sh- or she should not feel that they've been made a sucker out of by having operating problems so, the ability to uh, give a friction free, smooth operation to the customer, the ability to ensure it is very well supported, the customer is very well supported. Every customer is not digitally savvy, you know, and cannot work out the touch screens, etc. At that time, the company has to be there, present through its service network, service people, and uh, engagement with the customer with systems and processes so that the customer is not singed and you get positive word-of-mouth not just for your brand but for the electric category i mean if i we don't want to uh, we don't want this to get stuck because uh, you know we have faced this for example in developing the three-wheeler category in many parts of africa because we couldn't supply the spy parts we damaged the category for a long time i won't tell you the names of the country but we've gone through that experience you know so I feel that this is a very very important thing. It's not just about giving a cheap price and throwing some uh, two wheeler, and uh, the world is just waiting to convert. They may buy, but you know there may be a problem later on. So I see that all these things when you roll in, uh, what kind of experience the customer will get, how the costs and prices will move. Petrol prices are moving up. I definitely see a three to five year period when the transition will uh, occur, and. This is the period where we want to make sure that we have a strong customer connect, we have strong customer understanding, so that we can segment the market offer proper product backed up with proper service. We feel ultimately the game will be back to uh, style, design, performance, uh, uh, price, and all of this packaged under a trustworthy brand. Thank you, sir.
6: Very detailed answer. Uh, secondly, on exports, uh, could you just comment, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, COVID cases rising in some of the uh, nearby countries and also some countries in Africa. So, is the demand outlook still similar or is there any uh, significant change from that 2 lakh per month kind of number? Also, you've talked about container shortages of late. So, uh, is that still continuing or has that resolved?
1: So, the, uh, like I said in the opening remarks, our current uh, estimates uh, are based on how uh, uh, the markets which are open right now. And like I said, the uh, COVID is a big problem still in ASEAN. You know, uh, retails is very badly impacted in Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Myanmar. Out of this, in the ASEAN countries, Philippines is a very important market for us, both for two-wheelers and three-wheelers. Cambodia for two wheel, uh, for three-wheelers, and um, uh, this is dampening the performance to some extent. Also, one or two countries in Africa, mainly Uganda, and I think uh, a country or in Latin America is where we are still facing uh, these problems. So, But the performance, that's why, is quite exemplary because it is uh, despite uh, these key markets uh, holding us uh, back. So, hopefully, if the uh, pandemic recedes in these places, we'll be able to strengthen our export performance uh, further. Container shortage is now a way of uh, life. And I mean, it is at this point of time, yeah, there are always slippages, but uh, it is affecting us in terms of, uh, you know, uh, taking up a lot of management time. And secondly, increasing the costs because, you know, the Container uh, goes up from 2,000 to 10,000 dollars to Cambodia uh, to Colombia, and you are shipping 100, 150 vehicles. You can see per vehicle uh, there is a big incidence of cost. We 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 use 33,000 containers uh, you know every year, so it's a big exercise for us. But uh, you know now it's a way of life. We are just learning to manage uh, with it. Okay, sir. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. The next person from the line of Rabunanran NL from NK Global, please go ahead.
8: Uh, thank you, sir, for the opportunity. A uh, couple of questions. Uh, firstly, on the electric side, uh, three-wheeler operators seems to be sticking to CNG vehicles instead of EVs, possibly considering range or charging anxiety. What factors do you think would be necessary to trigger a shift towards electric? Also, any timeline for the three-wheeler launch?
1: Yeah. So, uh, that is a uh, very good observation and we have been struggling to uh, establish a business case for uh, electric sphere opposite the CNG. The, uh, the CNG footprint in the country uh, is uh, increasing uh, at a very good pace. Our market share in CNG hovers between 85 to 90%. You know, one of the big drivers for, even this little growth which we have seen between uh, you know, uh, April, May, June, and now what we are experiencing is driven either by the conversion of diesel vehicles into CNG or by cargo vehicles. And, you know, this drive of the government to build the network of CNG is a very significant drive. They're wanting to open 9,000 pumps by 2025. Today there are 1,500. Every addition of every 100 pumps. <coughs> Pump stations, I mean, uh, creates a market of ten thousand for the industry, out of which ninety percent comes to Bajaj Auto. There's a uh, recent descent. So it's a it's a move we are completely backing. It's a very clean fuel. There is a thin sliver of uh, advantage for electric three wheelers, if at all, depends on the electricity price in the state. But uh, and the customers. Uh, uh, you know, if the pump is running good pressure, etc., then the drivers actually prefer CNG. So it's not going to be easy to change CNG powered vehicles, which are going to only increase into three wheeler. Irrespective of that, we are going to put in a three wheeler, uh, which is under testing, like I've been saying. Uh, it's running many parts of the country, okay. and hopefully we should be able to launch it by end of uh, uh, the year, uh, I mean, end of the calendar year
8: uh thank you sir uh, my second question to Solomon. Uh, uh, A couple of things actually, Uh, you know, there have been media reports indicating a possible increase in outlay for ROTDEP scheme. Any thoughts on when these export incentives could recommence because that can be a margin trigger. And uh, secondly, uh, employee cost uh, was on higher side at 3.6 billion compared to average of 3.2 billion last four quarters. Any one-offs and what could be the sustainable rate ahead? Thank you.
3: I'll answer the second part first. Uh, So, if you see last year, you would see that in Q3 and Q4, our our employee costs had come down. So, we have changed certain terms of reference for retirement benefits, which had led to certain reversals. So, the 3.06 crores of March of of Q4 of last year is more like a 3.30 kind of a number, 3.25, 3.30 kind of a number. Uh, Now that, uh, we obviously, uh, last year, uh, there wasn't uh, increments which were given. This year we have announced our increments, and it is effective for 1st of April. Also, what has happened is, uh, during the pandemic, uh, obviously the number of deaths have increased compared to what it was earlier. And we have a few insurance policies. Which covers employees on the time of their untimely death, the premiums of those policies is really shot through the roof, and I'm sure you will keep on hearing this more and more in every uh, in every analyst call, irrespective of industry. Uh, so these are primarily the reasons. You can take the current rate as a steady state rate. Because given increments, I mean so the insurance will not be there, something else will be there. So you can consider, I don't think you would want to bother for the last four or five crores. So this is a steady state rate that you can assume. Uh, on the first question, if you know, you tell me. I, I'm looking at I and asking him you know, if, if the answer can be given. We can only say yes, it is an additive. Yes, there is a cumulative benefit which is waiting from 1st of Jan because that is what the announcement was. However, I am yet to get last year's MEIS and so on and so forth. But uh, I don't know when, so I don't have an update. Uh,
8: thank you, sir. Thank you so much and let's hope for the best. Thank you,
0: <laughs> Thank you. The next question is from the line of Chirag Shah from E.B. White. Please go ahead.
9: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So, uh, for some housekeeping questions, if you can share the export revenue and the USB realization for the quarter.
3: Ah, we know that, so we have kept it very. The export total revenue was uh, about 4,500 crores, and in uh, dollar terms, uh, what we sold, sell in dollars, it was about 580 million dollars. Yeah,
9: thank you uh, for this. So, Mr. a follow-up on the USB realization. Sequentially, uh, there should have been benefits for us, right? In the quarter of at least 40-50 bits uh, uh, on account of better rate. Has that materialized? And how do we look at it uh, going ahead? What is the broad range forward that we have?
3: So, uh, Chilak, I cannot give you the numbers of what is the range forward that we have. But if you look at the press release that we have given... We have mentioned that we have benefited because of the forex rate. So we have benefited closer to a percentage point, uh, one pp, because of forex. Okay. So and in, if you look at the last quarter in general, okay. the view was this is one. This is visavi Q4 of last year.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Sequentially. Yes.
3: Sequential. Yeah
9: similarly if you look at q4 of last year sequentially you are hoping that most of the commodity pressures would play out in q1 but if i if i understood correctly you are further indicating the 3 percentage point raw material cost pressures happening in q2 also is it the right understanding
3: so i do not know the percentage because things are still fluid because conversations and negotiations are going on but will we see a further price in Material cost increase in Q2, the answer is an unequivocal guess. And this is not something only with Bajajato. The entire industry will see it, and that is why you see there is a price increase which has happened in almost all two years, so effective from beginning of July. So everybody in the two-wheeler industry and also, if I remember correctly, three-wheeler industry, uh, have taken up prices effective first of July, which is because... The cost increase impact was not entirely felt. So last time when we spoke, there was a hope that Q2 will be muted. The reality has not turned out so. Q2 is as strong and as aggressive as Q1 was, incrementally.
9: If if things are normal, if things stabilize where they are, probably this is the last quarter where there is huge under-recovery and from here on things should normalize.
3: I just mentioned the other in the previous call. So I have now dropped from a 9,000 crore quarterly top line company to a 7,300 crore. Once I go up to, and if everything goes normally, which is what the view is sitting today, I should get back to 9,000 crores uh, a quarter uh, on an average. I
9: was referring to this commodity pressure and and the past three, uh, gross level. commodity pressure,
3: Q1, there is an under recovery. Q2, there is an under-recovery. So, cumulatively, there will be an under-recovery. Now, will steel prices go up further? Frankly, I have no idea. In nine months, steel prices have gone up by more than 50%. I don't think I've ever seen, in my 23 years, I have never seen a commodity go up by 20 more than 50% in nine months, other than oil. So, I, I really cannot comment with a 3 how it will be, because... Today,
9: Q3, we have zero visibility. Step, step. Yeah, it, it. And one question for Rakesh. Uh, it, can you update anything on new models that you intend to launch? Maybe a big platform upgrade in any of the brands? Because uh, there were expectations that next 12-15 months, a lot of action is likely to happen uh, from Auto's table on new platform change or maybe even there is buzz of a new brand launch in 125 cc category so if you could share some more light it would be helpful
1: well uh, you will see uh, what now september onwards um, uh, substantive uh, uh, a new platform and uh, uh, you know some uh, substantive upgrades right till uh, uh, you know in the next 12 months there is a calendar where you will continuously see this, both in the sports and the commuter segments. In the next uh, uh, nine to twelve months, we don't anticipate putting in a new brand. It, these will be uh, housed within the same uh, brands, which uh, of our existing uh, portfolio of brands.
9: That really helpful. Yeah. Thank you, and all the best.
3: Thanks, you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Jinesh Gandhi from Motilal Loscal Financial Services. Please go ahead.
7: Uh, hi. So can you share the uh, USD INR rate for the quarter, which we realized?
3: About 74 and a quarter.
7: 74 and a quarter. Okay. Uh, second question pertains to this new subsidiary. Uh, would it, uh, you know, would we be shifting this new capacity which you are putting uh, of 650 crore into this or this would be pure EV uh, only?
3: Which 50 crore?
7: 650 crore investment which you are doing for
3: No, 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 no. The Chakan facility is dedicated to high-end sports bike, catering to KTM Husky and whenever we start manufacture of Triumph, Triumph. That facility has got nothing to do with electric vehicle as of now.
7: Okay, okay. And last question pertains to 3 wheelers, uh, so family to Rakesh, uh, uh, we, we are indicating some bit of positive traction on the uh, three wheeler side. However, the uh, Just Finance in their call a couple of days back indicated a uh, large stress on the three wheeler front. I mean, almost 19% GNPA and uh, two wheeler portfolio largely driven by three So, how do you see uh, the financing side impacting uh, three wheeler recovery?
1: Yeah, so. Um... A lot of the impact is uh, from the old book. What I'm really encouraged about is the progression, which is uh, taking place before the second wave, and then uh, off late in June, etc. Where, with the uh, new financing norm still we are seeing. You know, for example, I'll tell you we were expecting 5,000 retails in uh, June, but we ended up with 7,000. Till middle of June, we were thinking we'll hit five thousand, but is, and these are retails. This has got nothing to do with stock, and we have slightly upped our forecast to the plants for uh, uh, the month of uh, uh, July, and which till now is tracking uh, pretty well. Now these uh, retails are occurring with uh, uh, you know uh, uh, different financing norms. A lot of the hit to the financing companies is uh, from the period of before the first morat and you know, what happened, what was the aftermath of the Morat, etc. Which, of course, these financing companies have to now uh, factor in. And we have to work very closely uh, with them through our dealer network also in attacking the right segments, in helping them with all the information which they would want to assess uh, risk uh, much better. And uh, it can be done because, um, you know, there are buyers which are uh, coming back the financing companies themselves uh, are very keen to improve the denominator also. Um, so uh, I think uh, they are a critical success factor, but we will have to work closely with them in managing and supporting this recovery.
7: So you don't expect financing as a as a uh, stumbling block for recovery in seamless?
1: No, I don't think that uh, financing uh, will withdraw. Uh, because uh, there are, uh, including budget Finance, there are a lot of uh, financing companies which are uh, there, out there in the fray. But, yeah, the way we give finance, um, there may be bottom slicing of the more uh, risky ones. There are, you know, uh, distribution partners for financing. Those might get uh, hit and stuff like that. But uh, financing... Probably after this will become more mature uh, and more robust, but it will be in play, and we'll have to work towards there. No doubt, they are a critical success factor, but it's not a zero-one situation.
7: Sure, sure, that's interesting. And just for clarification, uh, or uh, you talked about the CNG uh, uh, ramp up. So for every hundred pumps, you said there uh, will be thousand wheelers required. Will give boost to. It-
1: uh, for every hundred pump stations, there will be ten thousand. Ten thousand. I mean, this is a thumb rule. I you know, somewhere it can be more, somewhere it can be less, depending on the size of the pump and a lot of. Uh, there is a, a issue about how much pressure there is and all that. But yeah, it is a. So what happens is that when the pump comes and the CNG is uh, a clear one rupee twenty-five paisa per kilometer better than diesel. So, what happens is if I'm owning a, uh, a diesel vehicle bought from, let's say, a competitive brand, uh, because their uh, competition is slightly, used to be slightly better in diesel, and it is flying for about three, four years, and I see another guy who is, you know, uh, earning uh, much more or saving much more because he's on, got on to CNG, uh, there might be an acceleration. Uh, I might not keep the old diesel vehicle for five to seven years, I might just change from the diesel vehicle into uh, the CNG vehicle. And these vehicles then get collected, and they are resold in markets where there is no CNG as second-hand vehicles. We are seeing this kind of a pattern, and uh, then they come to us. So, uh, so wherever the CNG pump comes, it creates a, a very good opportunity for us. It's on an annualized basis,
5: which I said, you know.
0: Thank you. We would request the current participant to please come back in the question queue. The next question is from the line of Aditya Makaria from HDFC Bank. Please go ahead.
2: Yeah. Hi. Uh, Just uh, wanted an update on the Triumph uh, JV. Where are we uh, in terms of timelines for the launch?
1: So uh, let me just correct you. It is not a joint venture. It's just uh, it's an alliance. Uh, we are, uh, it's a strategic alliance without uh, equity uh, participation. So um, this partnership uh, has actually got pretty hit by COVID because travel was not um, possible and you know we are in this stage of having made prototypes and uh, required physical presence to correct the prototypes the clay models then the prototypes this whole process is taking time uh, we expect uh, by the uh, probably towards the end of uh, fy 22 23 to present the product in the market
2: oh so there'd be a delay of about 6 to 9 months based on what you're saying yes
1: yes based on what we had indicated earlier
2: yeah okay and just a second question or slightly broader one you have mentioned that the recovery in two wheelers is more k-shaped with the bottom of the pyramid customer being impacted uh do you uh do you expect this to continue or do you think now with you know COVID unlock happening things would change
1: yeah, yeah. In the immediate term, I feel that uh, in the rush of the uh, pent-up appetite releasing itself, we will not be able to separate the uh, noise in the system. But once it settles down, I feel that um, the bottom um, section of the society has got considerably weakened economically uh, because, you know, the self-employed people, the tradesmen, the... People working in restaurants, bars, etc., they have their savings and all have got quite diluted, and we are seeing that there is a lot of weakness in, of purchasing power over there. The salary class and slightly better off have come out almost unscathed from the pandemic because you know there was earlier a lot of fear that uh, people will be laid off, salaries will be reduced. Uh, so there is not so economically. They a bit. Uh, they were not as singed. and secondly, that security or fear of job loss has uh, sort of uh, uh, disappeared. So, because of these reasons, I feel that you know the upper half of the demand pyramid or the upper three quarters of demand pyramid will probably continue to do better um, in the let's say next 12 months. Forget the next three months where that will be a lot of pent up demand, and the bottom quarter or bottom third is going to uh, drive the uh, recovery of the industry a bit.
2: Got it. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Kiaran from HDSP Mutual Fund. Please go ahead.
5: Yeah, thanks. So my question is on your new subsidiary. So uh, when this new subsidiary gets created, then the entire uh, R&D is structure of your I mean electric mobility which is sitting in the Bajaj auto will that get transferred to this entity or I mean still
3: not clear so President as we have said we have said whatever we could in the press release it's a very evolving space we are adapting to changing scenarios we will come back to the investor fraternity and media at large about when we are in a situation to share What we will exactly do in the new subsidiary i understand that the the need of wanting details but i'm humbly submitting that at this point in time we would not like to share sure okay and just uh, on the
5: product development cycle so if i say from say design to uh, the launch if the uh, ice engine motorcycle or ice engine scooter was typically taking say one and a half year or two years uh, so what will be the commensurate uh, launch I mean the from the design to launch
3: period for say electric scooter from your point of view this is a question which I don't think can be answered because there are multiple things on one way to look at it is if that battery ...technology that we are using in one is immediately uh, you know, retrofittable in the new model, then it comes down. However, if you are looking a different performance uh, measure from the newer vehicle, then a new battery has to be configured. Uh, but I would like to believe that at this point in time, it would be directionally longer than uh, I vehicle. But if the battery interoperability is established between two innovation models, then that time can be cut down. So can I give you a three and a half year or a one and a half year? The answer is no. Okay. okay. And in
5: terms of your, I mean, you said there is around 1,500, 1500 employee in R&D side. So uh, is the R&D team joint or is it, I mean, both the teams are different? And is there any hiring, different hiring policy for... Just so,
1: repeat your really, uh, R&D uh, uh, is one consolidated R&D. It is for horizontals and verticals. You know, it's uh, organized uh, on the basis of technologies, and it's organized on the basis of uh, uh, product segments. So, uh, as and when uh, a project um, uh, gets underway, uh, a matrix team is formed, and it pursues uh,
5: that project. Okay, and. Lastly, from Rakesh, uh, is on the export front. So we have seen some kind of market share loss in, say, probably in West Africa. Uh, so, I mean, uh, what are the steps we are taking to arrest that, if we can answer that? So,
1: um, I would say that, uh, yes, there is a, um, I mean, if you take the largest market, uh, Nigeria, where, uh, you know, uh, in West Africa, where where we even now have a 50% plus market share. And yeah, it has moved down by three, four percentage points. And a lot of that is um, to the Chinese, uh, where we have seen, particularly in the last 12 months, you know, uh, let me just think, yeah, since March 20, March 20, when we were reeling under uh, COVID, Uh, in that April uh, onwards period, the Chinese companies, the ports, etc., had bounced back and uh, they had sort of seized the initiative and they have come back. Um, They continue to operate uh, as do some Indian uh, exporters on the basis of price. Um, We don't want to go down that track um, and our whole objective, let's say, if I just keep to the illustration of Nigeria, is that there is no shortcut to it except to deliver an outstanding customer experience and we have invested heavily, heavily in a service network, in engaging with the customer, in product quality, and having constant, you know, engagements with the customer and attending to quality complaints uh, or any issues that the customer faces rapidly. Today, thanks to digitization, uh, if there is a complaint uh, experienced by the customer and it comes to the dealership, within a few hours it is known if our CTO wants sitting in our Cody, wants to look at the complaint he can look at it uh, but certainly uh, under him there are teams which can you know uh, immediately swoop down on this issue I think that it is things like this uh, the product quality and customer experience which will create a moat for us and which will allow us to conduct this business at a respectable margin it is
9: impossible today to, you know, uh, run the business sustainably.